0: Hi, this is Russ, and we're getting ready to go into session 12, the final session in the course, Confronting the Powers. And uh, I pray that uh, the students and all of you who have uh, been uh, studying and listening, and I I know that you've probably, over the last uh, number of months, have uh, engaged uh, maybe a a new level of spiritual warfare. And uh, I pray that God has blessed you and uh, built you and strengthened you. We have prayed for you consistently and asked God to minister to you and strengthen you. And I pray that you'll be able to use many of the biblical principles and uh, that you will exercise authority in Christ, exercise um, God's call to put on and leave on the armor of God. These are vital aspects, but also normal aspects uh, for every single believer. And I think I said in the beginning of the class and along the way, even as a pastor of almost 30 years, in all the places I've been, um, there's just so many believers that have not Uh, put on the armor of God, understand the armor of God, understand spiritual warfare. So we in the West truly do not uh, deeply understand or participate in this battle. And it's very important now that um, spiritual leaders and uh, teachers and pastors and all of us would really do all that we can to make sure from the ground level every new disciple in Christ is not only uh, built up, In their salvation, they're built up uh, in the Word of God. They're taught how to pray, how to worship, how to be filled with the Spirit, how to, again, begin to live the Christian life. But spiritual warfare and authority and armor and um, biblical prophecy about the end days concerning the ramping up of the dark side must be there in the very beginning. Uh, Christians, in their first year as a brand new believer, should know these things well and be prepared because i'm going to tell you right now it will save down the road half the counseling I think I've ever done as a pastor has been to Christians who have not been discipled, did not know how to put in you know into practice the Word of God, did not understand spiritual warfare, and uh, they were defeated and weakened, and uh, they didn't know how to apply just the biblical normal principles so what you're receiving is not uh you know something super secret it is the biblical norm that we see the early disciples and later the apostle paul and philip and stephen and second and third generation believers learning as the basis of their walk in christ but we've come to a great chapter we've come to session 12 and um we're now going to look at uh, Revelation 19 and the visible descent and return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me. The reason I'm excited about this chapter is that uh, in all the other you know cha- you know sessions we've done, it's been about the heavy issues, and uh, there's been those who've said. Man, Pastor Russ, this is a, these are very heavy issues, and uh, there's a lot of discussion about the satanic side and what he is doing. Well, that's true, because there are many biblical principles and biblical prophecy that tell us these things, and we need to really engage them so that we will not be unaware, as we've said before in Second Corinthians chapter 1, or outwitted by Satan's schemes. The whole reason to put on the armor of God is so that we can take our stand against the devil's methods and schemes, attacks and battles against our lives. And so that we can apply spiritual authority and be able to help many, many thousands and thousands of people who will um, show up at the doorsteps and will be out there on the field of evangelism that have demonic presence. Let alone the fact that Satan is creating his army, he's building his team, that we have some of the most wicked uh, issues uh, in, the, in the history of, I believe, of humanity. With the whole issue of the creation of uh, super soldiers, as we've discussed a little bit, and the uh, some people have called it satanic ritual abuse, multiple personality disorder, uh, what we've seen is almost 10 million, uh, estimation of 10 million in the United States right now. And uh, this has everything to do with the end days, the great mass chaos and anarchy that will be unleashed. They call it the Black Awakening just prior to the rise of Antichrist. They all believe the Antichrist is here on the earth being prepared to come to power. But they also believe that they're going to be able to rule and reign. And for a short period of time, Antichrist will come to power and he will rule and reign. And there will be a combination of three things. The political side, the uh, military side, and the spiritual side. He will captivate and uh, lead the whole world astray. That is, those who have rejected the living Christ, rejected the power of God at the cross... And have rejected uh, this uh, not only suffering servant, but reigning victorious king of heaven. So we have in chapter uh, 19, and really the study notes are very simple. And we encouraged uh, the week prior that um, if you got these ahead of time to just study over chapter 19. and, And really know that chapter well for a number of reasons. This is the chapter... Um, that is the victory for all believers everywhere. This is the chapter that deals with the apocalypse of Jesus Christ. The visible descent and return of Christ uh, all the way down to the very earth. This is where now um, the end of all things uh, as far as history under the rule and reign of the God of this uh, uh, eon, this age. As we've read about in 2 Corinthians four, four. This is the end of uh, of evil as we know it, radical evil. But we also see that it has 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 come to the apex of its uh, of its you know presence and power in the world but there is uh, an enormous uh, instead of as the world's going to see itself even now there's that sense of in the world ominous sense uh, that things are collapsing uh, creation is collapsing the weather is collapsing there are tsunamis and earthquakes and and uh, hurricanes and everything seems to be uh, you know demonstrating the decay that Romans chapter 8 speaks about the decay of all creation because it's been subject in the fall because of sin and Satan's presence. And there is a kind of eating away, a decaying of everything around us. And we're going to see more and more of that. The, to the degree of the manifestation of Satanic presence, you will also see a corresponding degree of uh, chaotic uh, earth changes, uh, let alone the ramping up of uh, incredible evil in the world. Now that includes uh, a tremendous consensus a spiritual um, fog and depth that is in the, in, in, in the air, per se, uh, that will be, uh, there'll be a critical mass uh, you know, attitude against Christ, against real believers who believe in the person of Jesus and believe in the integrity and authority and power of the Word of God. And that's true all the way through the book of Revelation. But we have now the victory. We have now the victory very clearly. And uh, I want you to see this because we've asked you uh, to look over uh, chapter 19 and see four times we find the word hallelujah. Now this is a word used around the world by every culture. It is a a universal term. Hallelujah! uh, In giving great praise to God and uh, giving adulation to God and uh, ascribing greatness to God, and it's a tremendous term uh, to say Hallelujah uh, is to be praising God and to thanking God, and it's a tremendous thing. And there's four times in this chapter, in the very beginning, in verse one, there's a tremendous Hallelujah because the salvation and glory and the power uh, of God now is going be displayed that Babylon is going to be judged evil is going to be judged but the salvation it all centers around salvation revelation 19 is possible because we've seen John 316 because we've seen Jesus come because Jesus went to the cross and fulfilled the father's will and willingly gave up his life on the cross my friend and by doing that He not only procured the the salvation, uh, the possible salvation of every human being, whosoever is willing can come, but uh, also, he secured eternal life, immortality, and the right to return as the victorious Savior. And so we, we just describe also the word Hallelujah. Now, I've seen in many deliverance cases and others, the demons hate that phrase. They don't like praise to God. God inhabits the praises of his people. And so I pray that a part of your building up in life and your enjoyment uh, in your relationship of embracing God has a lot to do with singing songs songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. To just bless Him and praise Him. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God in the presence of the Holy Spirit, listen, you encourage yourself. You manifest the attributes of God in those words. And you give great glory and direct relationship and direct fellowship uh, is occurring uh, in your relationship with the Lord. The second hallelujah deals with the destruction of Babylon. uh, The ultimate global coven uh, where that has become the home of every demon manifestation it is the height of demonic manifestation and presence uh, and that's yet future but maybe not too far off and we're headed that direction and you and I as believers need to realize that we know at this point, if you've gone through this class at all, and you've looked at these biblical scriptures, and you've seen the preemptive prophecies that are in scripture, you're going to be able to look around in culture. If you're involved in evangelism, if you're involved in counseling, if you're involved in any kind of deliverance work, you're going to find that God's going to keep sending more and more and more people to you that, uh, because there's only one way out of demonization. And that is the authority of Christ and the compassionate ministry that Jesus has in uh, breaking demonic stronghold and uh, possession in people's lives. We also have a great hallelujah concerning just worship uh, and pouring out praise to God in heaven and on earth. Those in heaven are doing it, and we're called on on the earth to do the same. Uh, I love what Paul does in Ephesians chapter three, verse fourteen on down. He says, "I kneel before the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name." There is activity going on with our brothers and sisters in heaven and praise and worship to God, as the uh, elders show very clearly. But there's also a call of praise and worship from us here, who are still here, and uh, to give God great glory and great praise. Uh, Thus, not only manifesting his attributes and acknowledging his character in person, uh, but uh, literally um, in that exchange is a habitation of God in our midst. And uh, God blesses us. Another hallelujah is concerning uh, the Lord our God Almighty reigns. The Lord our God um, Almighty, God Almighty reigns. And the wedding has come and uh, the blessing of the church, and uh, the, the um, putting on of the white robes. And you're going to notice as Jesus is on a white horse and coming, you're going to notice also in this chapter that uh, all the redeemed will also be on white horses. And the white horse clearly is representative of absolute victory. Absolute victory. And it's very important for us to know that. Because listen, when you're battling things now, when you're dealing with individuals right now, you're seeing what the enemy's doing in people's lives, but they all know. I've found this true to be in, in, in deliverance. The demons know that Christ is coming, that there is a coming. I already told you before in some of the other sessions, it is very clear that Satan knew that uh, that uh, Jesus was coming the first time. He clearly knows he's coming the second time. So a lot of his work is based around the fact that he's trying to uh, beat the second coming and uh, amass a mass army. What he's working for now and what he's doing in the in the uh, seduction and captivating of lives right now is to draw not only individuals but uh, politicians and military men and so many others to draw them uh, into his uh, kingdom into, to, to on his side so that there will be an eventual uh, uh, ability for him to use them to fight the living descent, the, the, the living Christ in his descent from heaven. So what you're dealing with now is part of what uh, is going to show up here at the very end. It's an amazing thing that we see here. Now, we take a look at verses 11 through 13. How is Jesus described? Now, here he is. He's, uh, he's the rider on the white horse heaven, the door in heaven is standing open, Uh, the dimension has opened up now, and uh, literally the Bible begins in Revelation chapter 1 with, every eye shall see him, every eye shall see him, even those who pierced him, this is about the visible descent, this is about the visible apocalypse of Jesus, the epiphany, the unveiling of Christ, and uh, the world will see, And, and those who had and had fought against him and done. They're wanting to hide in the rocks and in the caves. I mean, think about right now in the Middle East where where Osama is hiding and many of those that are, that are hiding out. They have found tunnels and places all over the place underground. And I think that that's going to be used in the uh, coming of the Lamb of God and their fear of him because they have chosen a wrong road. And that wrong road is already here. It's a long road. And uh, Satan takes and initiates them step by step by step down that uh, left-hand Antichrist path. As you take a look at this chapter, I hope that you can uh, just see what the Spirit of God is speaking to you. He is called uh, the one who is faithful and true. Now, this is Christ. This is your Savior. This is the one that you present in, in, in evangelization, in discipleship, in counseling others, in ministering to others, whoever they may be. This is who you present, and, and it's His authority that you have to uh, kick out the demons uh, that are in lives and to uh, and to proclaim and to bring the grace and the healing that's found in Jesus when you look over chapter uh, 19 verses 11 15 up through 20 you're going to see a number of things occur look how jesus is described because by this time the church has already been caught up the church has been caught up and is with the lord jesus christ as he begins to descend please understand as you read here the armies of god are with him the armies of heaven I mean we will be there the angels of god this will be a vast superior army talk about an army now listen satan is building an army on the face of the earth hitler wanted to build an army on the face of the earth satanic ritual uh, abuse uh, the ones that were created to be satanic super soldiers they've all bought into that luciferian lie that they're going to be the great warriors the great you know you know soldiers and to rule the earth and uh, that is the plea and the belief of the demons yet when Jesus returns, the armies of heaven come with him. And uh, if you are born again and you know the Lord Jesus, obviously you are included in that. So you are seen here in predictive, uh, preemptive prophecy. You will be riding also on, a, on the plains of victory. Hallelujah, right? So we praise God for that and thank him. And, uh, and uh, just give him praise for all that he does. Tremendous. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. Now listen, this is what he does to strike down the nations. Notice the battle. He comes to judge and make war. He's coming to make war. This is this is in the visible descent. You know, he's already caught up his church. We have already been uh, given the gift of immortality. Immort- We're already taken care of. But now he's coming, and the first thing that Jesus does in the descent, the first thing he does is to uh, bring uh, war against the beast the antichrist that is the the dragon and so forth and uh to bring and against the false prophet against that entire vast vast multi-million member army and uh, multinational army that satan has pulled together um, to battle the descent of christ and he brings them together there in the middle east uh and it'll all happen there in the context of jerusalem so all the ancient prophecies of the first coming were fulfilled. All of the ancient prophecies concerning the second coming, they will also be fulfilled. And we will we will possibly participate in that. Now the beast is captured in verse 20. And Jesus is going to deal with the nations. Uh, Jesus is going to unleash his wrath upon uh, the entire beast kingdom because of the incredible uh, bloodshed and destruction and uh, we 've already gone over the uh, prophecy concerning the annihilation of Christians and the annihilation of of the Jews. Satan comes to do that in every way; we know that he is a thief. Uh, we know that he is a, a one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he is all about in personal lives, in nations. That's why, we need, that's why we're taking this course. So that we can learn how we can apply the principles of intercession and, and spiritual warfare. How to pray against the enemy and uh, deal with that along the way. So it's very important that we uh, know the victory of Jesus and what He's coming to do. But uh, we have been gathered up before the Lord. We have been uh, secured. He is descending now uh, as uh, prophesied all the way back in Isaiah, uh, all the way through the New Testament. And uh, look who comes with Him. Verse 14, we see it again. The armies of heaven were following. Uh, if you've taken up your cross to follow Christ now, and you love the Lord Jesus, uh, when we are caught up, when the dead in Christ are raised, and we who are alive are caught up to meet the Lord in the air, uh, there will be a, a, a transformation. The Greek word used in uh, Philippians chapter 3 is metamorphosis. That our lowly bodies will be made like, unlike, you know, un- totally like His, his uh, glorious body. These lowly bodies will be uh, a metamorphosis will occur, and uh, an atomic flash on an, on an atomic level we read about in first corinthians fifteen that idea of flash it 's the idea of uh, in the area of physics uh, you know of, 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 of an atomic flash uh, this this involves uh, science beyond any brain mind uh, anything we can think about right now it is beyond all of that that the mortal shall put on immortality. And um, this is a vital promise. This is what salvation is all about. We were not saved to live in a struggle. You got saved. You're being sanctified and growing in the Lord now. But the goal of your salvation is the end game right here. As Jesus returns and catches up his people and, and uh, the the uh, gift of immortality is given and, uh, and uh, we are going to rule and reign with Christ forever. And this is the new now glorified race. This is the glorified race that has never yet existed. We had the, pre- we had the Adamic race. We had the fallen race under the law. We had the fallen race that have come in redemption. So those who are redeemed, born of the Spirit of God, we have this initiation of salvation. But it's not the end. Thank God that what we're living out right now is not going to be an eternal issue with all the pains in our bodies and emotional pain and things we go through. That's not how it's going to be. When Jesus returns, and not only for the millennial kingdom, but in the end, uh, the the omnion uh, zoe, the, the this is eternal life, and then the omnion the basileia, uh, the eternal kingdom of God uh, where every tear is wiped away everything, every emo- God is the great counselor, the great healer, he's that as we see him in the future and we know he's that right now for our lives we can go all the way back to the Psalms and other scripture to find that he's uh, the healer of the broken hearted he's able to penetrate and heal fragmented souls and lives and broken lives, he can take a man that had just the shreds of humanity left in Mark chapter 5 and redeem him and deliver him and heal him and put him in his right mind. This is the Christ as he comes you and I got to you know, be part, part of our inspiration, part of our keeping our lives pure part of our motivation and service is uh, the return of Christ and all that he's going to do you'll be a part of the armies of God but what you're going to see now is the ultimate battle in, in chapter uh, 19 verse 19 and 20 19 and 20 tells us I think you should look at that and see that it's this is preemptive prophecy. This is prophecy. This is a glimpse that God has given, a picture of the future, in which nations of the world have been seduced, they've taken the mark of the beast, they've rejected Christ and the truth, as we read in first or second Thessalonians two. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Uh, there was a delighting in wickedness. Um, and so um there's a price to pay in that rejection god has come to save us and deliver us from sin and to reject the blood of the covenant to trample the blood of the covenant uh is to fall uh under the wrath of god to choose uh wickedness uh is then also in reality a choice for hell and the lake of fire and this is, uh, this is reality. This is, uh, uh, we're going to be on one side or the other side. All of humanity will be eternal. Because there's a second resurrection at the end. The great white throne judgment. When all those who have rejected God and all those who have rejected Christ and turned their backs and accepted the, the work of the enemy. Uh, this is where final judgment comes. And this is what we see in in chapter nineteen, verse twenty, nineteen and twenty. Not only are all these armies actual armies of the world with probably the most uh, the most advanced weaponry in all of history. And I don't know by the providence of God that maybe some of those in Los Alamos, other places, and scientists and military workers. I believe with all my heart that uh, that there's the possibility that in cases Satan is inspiring certain weaponry and the stockpiling of certain weaponry and the preparation for certain weaponry because he needs it in the end as he gathers the weapons and the soldiers and the nations to bring everything he possibly can uh, to stop the descent of the of the returning king of kings and lord of lords. What we're doing in the middle of all of that is uh, is seeing Satan prepare that and advance that way. It's, it's very important to know the will of God and what he's going to do. But it's also important because it's biblically revealed and God has shown us and given us, given us the snapshots. You and I should know this. We should clearly understand this. We should be able to look out into society and see everything that's going on and be able to gauge through, the, through spirit-lit eyes uh, that uh, have the word of God as the grid and prophecy that gives us the pictures so that we can be able to say this that we see is that what the word of God has predicted systematically and clearly. And because of that, we should ramp up our evangelism, ramp up our praying, ramp up uh, the the uh, the goals to win as many as possible. As you've heard me say throughout this course, maybe uh, I personally believe, on the other side of all of the evil that ramps up, that when the great uh, black awakening occurs, the great chaos and the rise of Antichrist, I also believe there's maybe, in three and a half years, more souls may come to Christ in those three and a half years than in the entire history. Of the church for two thousand years. There may be literally a billion to two billion that may turn to Christ um, because we read in Revelation 7 that when Antichrist goes to slaughter Christendom to annihilate Christendom, he does a he does it globally worldwide. Now he'll never be able to annihilate the church. But clearly, we find that he attacks believers worldwide because we see, as uh, John is told in chapter 7, that um, martyred believers from every tribe, every language, every people group, globally, every continent, every place on the earth, are found uh, multitudes, multitudes. Uh, and this is millions upon millions that will be involved right here. So it's very possible that because of the onslaught of evil and the unleashing of the two witnesses by God in those days, we should realize that that possibly those will be some of the most uh, incredible uh, days of harvest and lives coming to Christ, though it will be hard, though it will be very tough because of the persecution, because of the critical demonic mass. There is the greatest uh, spiritual level of warfare will be brought into the physical realm and uh, the demonic inside of uh, those who have taken the mark will absolutely hate that ancient hate will perpetuate in those who take the mark against those who have instead refused the mark and turned to Christ now, let me ask you something if you 're a counselor and you 're a pastor and you're and so forth if you're if uh, if you were to be there and during those days, how will you minister? How will you minister right up to those days we've got to understand that the tribulation time is the last seven years of fallen history as we know it the last seven years of the final battle that 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 goes on so it's very very, very important that we really understand uh this ramping up now and our need to know everything we can biblically and to really see and monitor the enemy's work to be watchmen truly but to do uh, a work uh, and prepare ourselves to be uh, leading hundreds to christ and uh and warning them along with using this scripture in warning and I think that uh, dramas could be based on some of this scripture I think that some filmmakers could make uh, tremendous powerful evangelistic films based on this chapter right here and the final battles whose side are you going to be on some of you who are ministering to those uh, that are satanic ritually abused, those who are the satanic super soldiers, the, the chosen ones, you're going to find as you delve deep into them that, that they know secrets, that they have plotting and planning that's been going on behind the scenes, because they believe they are the troops of Antichrist, that they will create the chaos, and that they will help enthrone the Antichrist in the world around us. Satan is getting prepared. May I ask you, all are you prepared? Are you prepared in these days? Uh, will you be strong and bold and uh, be out there in the name of the Lord Jesus? Well, let me go to page thirty-eight and uh, let's take over. Look a uh, look over this last page and uh, and just again let you know that the tremendous uh, apocalypse of Jesus. Uh, the return, the visible return of Christ, as prophesied uh, over uh, uh, all the way back into the Psalms, even in the ancient book and prophecy of Enoch. There's uh, prophecies there in Enoch concerning the second coming and the judgment of God upon wickedness and evil. And so we find even in that book. Uh, let alone the Old Testament Scripture and the New Testament Scripture, a massive prophecy telling us. And so we need to cry it out to uh, the world around us of New Agers and others and let them know uh, that it's very clear biblical prophecy and its accuracy blows Nostradamus out of the water. It blows Sylvia Brown and psychics and all those out of the water. The accuracy of the Spirit of God and its predictions, so we should know with with great certainty what God has said and be able to point to those scriptures in a systematic and clear way and uh, be able to point uh, to all that God has done in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and things to come so we're preparing and we're ministering and we're using this in our personal lives and in our ministry well the solution to all radical evil and its effects is rooted in the cross of christ now this is very important because i remember a singer years ago sang a song and it was entitled the wood between the worlds referring to the cross on that little rugged, you know that song the old hymn the old rugged cross Wow, the old rugged cross deals with everything. It deals with everything all the way back to Adam. It deals with everything all the way into the millennium and all the way to the great white throne judgment and with the new heaven and the new earth. It deals with the whole new glorified race of those who accepted Christ, received salvation, been justified, are being sanctified, and one day, hallelujah, shall be glorified changed forever unalterable indefeatable I mean listen this is the sovereign work of God this is the personal work of God Jesus said in John 14 listen I'm he's going away to prepare a place for us right now and all of this time he's been preparing that place for one reason for one reason dear saint to know this right now to come back and get us to come back and get us what's the reason so that he can take us to where he is so that we can be with him God is the most personal relational being God is not only intellectual uh, in his attributes but emotional in his attributes the heart of God God is love my friend brother and sister in Christ Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you uh, and to give you the life that you have right now and to give you the promises of God every one of them but it's only the taste of what is to come. He is preparing the place. Uh, he is uh, at the at, at that moment that, that, that the trump shall sound, he will return. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We who are alive. Read it again in first uh, Thessalonians chapter five. We who are uh, alive at that moment will be caught up, and this is found also in First in, uh, Corinthians fifteen where there's this picture of, um, in the twinkling of an eye, an atomic flash, at the level of of God's ability to go beyond uh, physics, and and all of science, there is science to this, but it sure is beyond uh, the minds of men, and it is incredible, that mortal shall put on, now think about it, immortality, immortality you will be an immortal being the Holy Spirit in your life right now is the guarantee the deposit the guarantees read about this in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 he is the guarantee the deposit guaranteeing what is to come if you if you know the work of the Holy Spirit in your life if the Spirit of God witnesses to you that you're a child of Christ Romans chapter 8 then he is also the deposit he is the guarantee of what yet is to come your glorification and uh, your uh, reigning with christ so all of this all of the solution right now as we share in uh, preach the gospel and evangelize and counsel and and disciple and and we're picking up the pieces of what sin and satan has done to people so many of you are counselors and many of you have shared with others But Jesus has life and victory. Jesus says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's going on all around the world. But Jesus says, I've come to give life. Zoe. Zoe is that qualitative life coming down out of heaven. He is Zoe. He is the life. He can touch your life and heal you in an instant. He can heal a physical body in a second. He can raise Lazarus from the dead. He can quicken you at the moment of salvation. It is also like the twinkling of an eye. Salvation, being born of the Spirit of God, is is an immediate impact that our dead spirit is made alive to God. That the sin nature is broken. And rendered powerless. That a new nature of, of righteousness. And power to be able to live for God. Is implanted in us. And uh, we are declared righteous. In the sight of God. Because of the righteous life. In the blood of Christ. You are therefore the righteousness of God. In, in Christ. Hallelujah again. Salvation, all the effects of evil, you know, and and it's being defeated and uh, reversed and dealt with is uh it's all rooted in the cross and the work of Christ. Jesus didn't die just as the great example. He didn't die just to show us love. He didn't die just to show us sacrifice, he died as a substitute to wield a power, to wield a spiritual depth uh, for exactly that what we've needed. And it's a sad shame that the New Agers are out there searching and searching and searching. I've never found a New Ager yet that says, I've found what I'm looking for. They're constantly searching, eclectically, through all kinds of spiritual practices and books and readings and meditations and channeling and places and all kinds of spiritual things. But they're not finding what they're really looking for. That is found, and our, our rest is found when we come to Christ because of what is done at the cross is a transformation that is incomparable to anything, spiritually offered anywhere. Uh, there is nothing outside of the cross that can take us to the face of God. Nothing outside of the cross that can take us uh, to a personal uh, and eternal relationship with God. There is nothing outside of the cross that can wash away sin and relieve uh, 100% uh, guilt and uh, cause the effect of uh, cleansing and forgiveness and empowerment. Nothing outside the cross. What can wash away my sins? <laughs> Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know the song, "Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus of Jesus shed at the cross wielding a power that demons and hell shook at the cross Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 he he exposed the entire demonic realm he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them triumphing over them by the cross well let me touch on the 12 things real quick here just uh, 12 things to encourage us uh, in your walk in your relationship in your evangelism in your discipleship in your living in uh, your counseling with others the person and work of jesus christ the ability of god to be able to touch mind and emotion and soul to be able to reach back into the uh, past of our lives and heal emotional wounds and it's all found in christ it's all found in jesus It's found, number one, in the person of the Savior. He is the perfect Savior. He is the second Adam. He is the one who has gone to the cross as a substitute for us. Uh, This is, as John said, John the Baptist, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ is incomparable. Uh, Don't let anybody sell you short. And New Agers and others should be told that all they have is a uh, reduced Christ who is no Christ at all. He's a pocket-sized uh, uh, rabbit's foot Jesus that they have conjured. And uh, they've had to strip uh, Jesus of his deity, of his pre-existence, of his, of his being eternal, of, of all of who he really is for a, for a fake Jesus like the Gnostics did, like the early New Testament Gnostics did. But remember that that is no real Jesus. And uh, their Jesus can do nothing for them. Their fake Jesus can do nothing at all for them. That's why they can't praise Him and worship Him and uh, testify. You're not going to find any testimonies among the Gnostics, testimonies among any New Age or anywhere about uh, the fake Jesus. Matter of fact, there is warning if anybody ever preaches a different Jesus, other than the Jesus has been preached, whether an angel from heaven, any kind of spiritual revelation of a different Jesus, coming from the East, coming from the Gnostics, coming from the New Age, coming from any other direction, coming from Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons or anybody else, when they have uh, stripped and, uh, and belittled and uh, reduced and made Jesus just an elder brother or a friend or a buddy or a pocket-sized amulet, that is no Christ at all. They have trampled on the blood of the Son of God. The Jesus we're talking about is the eternal Christ who existed prior to creation. Uh, He was seen as the pre-existent Christ in Isaiah chapter 6. The theophanies of the Old Testament predicted a thousand years in advance, 700 years in advance, 300 years in advance that He's coming. 300 prophecies. This is God in human flesh. Emmanuel. Emmanuel that's what thomas finally said my lord and my god the demons knew that the angels of god knew that those who've come to receive him know that the prophets knew that and uh, so we have this incredible person it all centers in him without him being who he was the cross would be of no effect if he would have ever sinned the cross would have had no effect there would be no salvation Jesus gave his life willingly for you and I he is the centrality the bible says in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge we can sit at his feet and learn of him he's beyond all human physics and science he's all he's beyond all the brain uh, mind studies and consciousness If anybody understands the the, uh, construct of man, it is the Creator Himself. And you read about it in Colossians, that Christ Himself is the Creator of all things, visible and invisible, thrones and powers and dominions, everything. And it's all sustained by His very presence. Every molecule in the universe, every ounce of life in any order, all that we see, the sustaining presence behind it all, is the Logos, The Logos, Christ. He's your Savior and He's coming again. Now listen, number two. The work of salvation at the cross, listen. The forgiveness is found there. The the offer of eternal life is found there. The defeat of Satan is found there. The adoption of of God uh, of our lives, giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit, is rooted there. The work of salvation is rooted in the cross. And you know Christ now because of that. And uh, you should, uh, again, uh, take a read over uh, John's gospel as you think in terms of the work of salvation and who it is. He's the Savior of the world. That's what the lady expressed in John's Gospel, chapter 4. He's the Savior of the world. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Every single human being should understand that God loves them, that God didn't come to condemn them. God came to rescue them. God came to save them. What, again, is wrong with saying God loves you? God wants to enter your life. God wants to give you the gift of immortality. God wants to forgive all sin. God wants to give you power for living. God wants to free you from Satan's effects and, uh, and save you from the end game. So that is the work of salvation. All of the work of salvation is found at the cross. Now listen, number three is salvation's effect. Salvation's effect is not only forgiveness from sin, but freedom from its power. Now that's Romans chapter 6 very clearly. Count yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Why? Because in Christ you are dead to sin. And that has everything to do with discipleship and counseling. If you can accept at the ground at the root level of your life, God has set you free from the ruling presence of sin. Go to Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Look what it says. The law of the Spirit of Christ of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Salvation's effect. Forgiveness and freedom. New nature being deposited in our life. Uh, we read about that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 on down. His divine power has given us everything we need for Zoe and Eusebia, For, for the qualitative Christ-like life and for the ability to be devoted to God. Now that's what occurs with salvation. The salvation's effect is the change of a life. Look at Mark chapter 5. Your testimony. Salvation's effect. Receive Christ. That's part of the helmet of salvation. Accepting. That's part of the armor of God. The helmet of salvation is, is embracing the full brunt and liberation and blessing and new life that is found in Jesus Christ. Number four. Salvation's price. The innocent Lamb of God taken, slaughtered at the cross, Isaiah 53. He's going to be bruised and beaten, and and they're going to rip the back of his flesh, and they're going to mock him, and they're going to put him up there to die, and he's going to suffer greatly. And it's the blood of Jesus. Jesus said it in John 10, Nobody takes my life from me, I lay it down of my own authority. He did it by his own willingness. I've come to do thy will, O God. God the Son came to do the will of the Father. It was the will of God for it all to occur, and uh, we find this again in Isaiah fifty-three, number five. Salvation's extent. First John chapter two, verse two—a simple verse that tells us that He is the halosmos, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. And that means—that uh, means every Arab every Russian, every German, that means every uh, uh, Asian, that means every Mexican, every Caucasian. Jesus Christ and what He did at the cross was to affect everything backwards into the Old Testament and uh, their their belief in the future Messiah and their trust in Christ as Abraham, Father Abraham did. But it also refers to the sum total of... Listen, what He did on that rugged cross was to be the, the gift of life offered for billions, billions of human beings. Every baby born, every human being, all those around you, that the extent of that salvation, God so loved the world, God summons all men everywhere to repent, the extent, the whole world, And uh, Jesus has said, we're told in the Gospel of Mark, that uh, Jesus will not return visibly to the earth until the good news, good news, is shared with every single human being, every continent, every people group, every place on the face of the earth, uh, every kind of person. He wants this message to go global. He wants it to the highways and byways. Uh, This is the extent of uh, the glorious uh, joy. Listen. Have you ever read? Have you ever read that when one individual sinner, whether a a Chinese man, uh, an American, a German man, a Mexican, doesn't make any difference, an African, when any human being repents and believes on Jesus, the Word of God says in a couple of places that all the angels of heaven, there's great rejoicing in heaven. Salvation in heaven is an extreme joy salvation is an extreme celebration it is such an event in heaven it is an incredible thing on that side it is an incredible thing to see a man a woman redeemed and given the gift of eternal life based on jesus hallelujah again number six salvation's victory this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. In 1 John 3, we're talked about, We're told there that there's uh, victory. Nike is the Greek word, a decisive and final victory. Victory over the flesh, victory over the world, victory over Satan, victory over death. We see it in 1 Corinthians 15, that even death, there's victory because of Christ. De- Jesus' death and resurrection blasted apart the finality of death. And so all across the board, victory, victory, victory. Jesus' return in Revelation 19. Hallelujah, it's victory. Our God Almighty reigns based on the cross. Victory is uh, won and, uh, and, uh, and manifested there because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And may He be praised uh, forever and ever and ever and ever. Point number seven: salvation's defeat. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, please understand, He defeated sin. He defeated the world, the cosmos, the fallen world system. He defeated Satan himself, clearly, He defeated death. He defeated death. And so we see that at it's salvation itself, matter of fact, if you read in First John chapter three, verse eight, you know what it says? The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy Satan's work destroy the devil's work. He came as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. He came to deal with what slaughters our lives. Our sins ruin us. Our sins uh, psychologically, ecologically, economically, in every single possible way, fragment, destroy, and, and tear apart our lives in every single way. But the new life The spiritual depth, the genuine gift of God, is found in Christ. And it includes the defeat of that which destroys us. Sin, the flesh nature, Satan, the fallen world around us, and even death itself. Point number eight, salvation's desire. Now I want you to know something. Jesus one time went outside of Jerusalem, and he wept over all of Jerusalem. Why did he weep over all Jerusalem? Let me ask you that right now. Why did he weep over all Jerusalem? He wept over all Jerusalem for one great reason. How often he said, I would have taken you up under my wings, but you willed not. You would not. He desired their salvation. Here is now God in human flesh, weeping over Jerusalem, weeping over those who he tried to prepare and plan. He, he gave them the word of God. They were to be set up for it all. But their rejection of the Messiah, the rejection of salvation, the rejection of God and human flesh based on their, their not submitting to God's plan but developing their own, Romans chapter 11, they didn't submit to God's righteousness. They came up with their own salvation. They came up with their own uh, righteousness. They, they formed the, Every time man forms his own religion and holds on to it, uh, it includes also the rejection of God's way out. If you want your way out, let me ask you where is it taking you? What are you assured of? I don't know any new age of millions of them you know in in, in in the nation where I live uh that that really have the kind of hope that God gives. There is a spiritual operating hope in the life of the believer. You find that in Romans chapter five, The hope of the glory of God. You find that in, in in Romans chapter fifteen, verse thirteen uh, when you read uh, when you read, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, that's God's will, all joy and peace, as you trust in Him, so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, and uh, that is the blessing of God. God wants that He cares about how we feel, but how we feel has everything to do with what we believe and how we live it has everything to do with the kind of power that's operating in our life is this the law of sin and death operating or is the law of new life in Jesus Christ operating in our lives romans chapter 8 there's a great difference salvation's desire is seen again in timothy that where it says this is good and pleases god our savior who wills the greek word desire wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of this you know and so when you look, when you think of your family Have you ever cried for your family? Have you said, oh, God, save my father, save my child, save my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother? Let me tell you something, my friend. God wills, God wants their salvation. And everything of that desire is expressed at the cross where he shed blood not only for our sins, as we said earlier, but for the sins of the whole world. And so God desires. I look at a human being and I can look into their face and say, man, God wants you. God desires you. And God loves you, based on John 3.16. God doesn't come to condemn you. He comes to save you and rescue you. And look what God has to offer. God wants you. Yes, Satan wants you to use you in the end game. There's a lot of things that want you in life. But let me tell you something. God is wills the salvation of lives he desires the salvation of lives we also could read in peter where it says that uh, that uh, that god uh, is not willing that any should perish coming from a very very strong greek word bulimai meaning his determined counsel he is not planned in any way nor is it his determined counsel that any should perish he would rather see all repent and come even as it's expressed in the old testament This shows again the attribute of God is the same in the Old Testament in Ezekiel when God speaks through the prophet and says that uh, he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked but rather that they turn and be saved and delivered. Let's touch on salvation's goal, glorification. Now this is the end goal. We've been justified as if we've never sinned. The gift of righteousness justified in the sight of God, declared righteous Not because we are in our personal lives, but because of the blood of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus. We're being sanctified by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And there's victory in that. He's intended victory all along for that. And we need to surrender and cooperate and obey the Lord. It is God who is now at work in you, according to Philippians, the book of Philippians, He's at work in you as a believer to will, that is to cause you to will and want, to will and to act according to his good pleasure god's operating in your life because he's come to give you life and life to the full life in abundance it's a blessing to be obeying obeying the word of god that's what it says in james chapter one man just to obey the word of god put it into practice and you'll be blessed in what you do blessed in what you do and uh, that's a tremendous thing but the goal of it all, no matter how good your salvation is, no matter how joyful you have it right now in your life, it is nothing in comparison to the glorification that shall occur, to the day that you are able to see. Look at, look again at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, where it talks about how when he comes to be marveled at among all those who have believed that literally that we will see him face to face, we will be overwhelmed by seeing Christ, by seeing God, and we read about this later in Revelation, the end of Revelation, seeing God face to face, but it involves the glorification, uh, that we will never die, that uh, we will have the immortal life, the eternal life of God in us, and that we will be eternal, that we will be immortal, and there will be no harm, Uh, There will be no change. Nothing else will occur. That we will literally live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You know what, as a pastor, I've been at the bedside in the hospitals and other places of many who were dying. And I've watched many saints who love Jesus, who have the witness of the Spirit of God in their life, pretty excited about the moment they close their eyes. I saw my wife's grandfather as we try to talk to him just you know just days before he died is he's he's in the hospital and he's waiting and he's fellowshipping with god and there's something spiritually going on and he tells us all to be quiet and he's listening to what god is saying to him and he knows that at any moment any moment he's going to leave that physical body absent from the body present with the lord like stephen uh when he's being martyred into your hands i commit my spirit and uh, immediately in the presence of god and uh this was uh this was uh, uh the promise of christ that uh, of paradise on the cross when he said to the men today you'll be you you will be with me in paradise today that very day and uh, so death isn't a fear that we have any longer we don't die and grieve as those who have no hope but in the return of jesus christ in the catching up of that twinkling of an eye, that work, uh, uh, that atomic flash that we read about that will occur, uh, refers to this immortal or this mortal body in that twinkling of an eye, that flash by the exerted power of God. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead will be exerted in our lives. And again, collectively, the dead in Christ will rise first we who are alive and remain will be caught up to do what to meet the lord in the air and by the time we're there from the moment we leave this place and get into the air i mean we are we have been glorified we have received the end the end goal of our salvation glorification hallelujah again let's preach that let's share that let's let's uh let's tell the world that there's an assurance that we can know that we know that we know that we know that we know read about that in 1 John chapter 5 he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of God does not have this life John says I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know you have this eternal life that you may know it Well, point number 10, salvation and the return of Christ. Listen, that's what we've been talking about. This is the finalization as far as the defeat of Satan at that point uh, before the kickoff of the great millennium. I don't have time to go into that right now. The millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ, the fulfillment of prophecies and uh, and all that God is going to do. And the end of that, the end of that millennium is uh, when Satan is loosed and uh, the outing of those who still reject Christ among the nations and the great white throne judgment the second resurrection blessed are they the scripture says who don't partake of, who aren't going to partake of, partake in the second uh, re- resurrection blessed are those who've been a part of the first when christ came and uh, that's when we were glorified because the second resurrection deals with uh, the destruction eternal destruction the lake of fire and uh, um, listen Point number 11 deals with salvation and annihilation. The annihilation of sin's activity. The annihilation of Satan's activity. The annihilation uh, eventually in getting rid of hell. uh, That we'll be separated from all of that evil. The annihilation of pain and tears. There'll be no more. And point 12, salvation is face to face with God. We're at home. The home of the righteous, the Bible says. And so I just encourage you, as you uh, study the Word of God, as you understand the return of Christ, as you understand the implications, that uh, dear friend and student, it'll be a great motivation of yours. Uh, The greatest work that God has going on on the face of the earth is evangelism. The greatest transformation spiritually is found in Christ, what He did at that old rugged cross. Um, The greatest uh, expression... Of spiritual depth and power and might of goodness of knowledge of wisdom is found in jesus is experienced because of the cross and so i encourage you as you live for christ as you realize that even as a believer there's a confrontation of the powers jesus confronted the powers as he came he defeated them he defeated them at the cross He gives us authority to continue to extend that defeat and He will come eventually to destroy all evil. The great white throne deals with the finalization of that issue and God and God alone has the power to do that. But you and I are told, listen, I have a psalm in front of me, Psalm 97.10. You know what it says? It says, Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for He guards the lives of His faithful ones and He delivers them from the hand of the wicked may god continue to deliver you and bless you and encourage you may god give you strength and might and may he bear great fruit through your life may you do great things for jesus christ may you bear great fruit in your obedience to the word of god listen i bless you in the name of the lord jesus i pray that you'll be encouraged in him i pray that you will do great things for him I pray that God will bring healing and strength and minister to you in every way, but also change you by the work of the Spirit of God based on the cross of Christ and His work that He's done for you until the very day He returns. God bless you, my friend. Keep us in prayer. Keep us in prayer and remember us. This is your brother in Christ, Russ Dizdar, www.shadowthedarkness.net